Mendy here from the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We welcome in a man they call Meals on Wheels. Why? Because he was served cornerback's butter when he toasted him. A fourth round pick in the 2010 draft to the Raiders. A five-year NFL wide receiver accumulated 57 catches, over 1,000 total yards from scrimmage, and nine total touchdowns, including an outstanding four of the kickoff return variety. He played his college ball at Clemson, where he starred on the gridiron and on the track field. He is the one and only Mr. 4.12, Jacoby Ford. What's up, man? man? Took it back with that one, the 4.12. (laughs) That's prep school. That's prep school times right there. Is, so is that is that real? Like, is did you nah, really run up? No, nah, I ran that. Um, it was a hand time. It was at Fort Union Military Academy. We had a we had like a little combine there. So they would bring like pretty much from NAIA to D three, D two, all the way up to D one schools. So we so every all the players get any kind of look from every team just to try to get any kind of scholarships to get out of that prep school. So. That was probably one of the dopest things that I ever saw they did there. And I assume nobody ran a faster time than you, right? No, 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 no. I was the that was the highlight of the day right there. Apparently, it's like, still, a, picture of like a blur. It's like a blurred picture. They still have to be like running through there. Uh, so Jacoby, I saw that you also just had a baby girl a couple months ago, and uh, congratulations. Uh, what's it like being a, a new dad and obviously just experiencing your first Father's Day? Man, it's it's amazing. It's a it's a feeling I can't. It's hard to explain. Um, I don't know if you guys are fathers or gonna be a father, but the love that you have for your child is just completely different. Like I've always been good with kids, and you know I have nephews of my own, but to love your own child, to have your own child, is just a completely different feeling. It it was it was the best thing. I was right there front and center, watching her born, everything. So it's been a blessing. I love her. That's awesome, man. I mean, I have a, I have a little over a one-year-old puppy, but I can't even imagine the comparison, man. It's it, it definitely, and it probably is nice that you know, since you can be around every day, you don't have to worry right now about like you know having uh, to worry about NFL stuff right now. You can focus on you know being around your kid all the time. Yeah, just focus on the baby right now. So this quarantine is, you know, it's, she's a quarantine baby, so it's just kind of like a, it's a blessing in disguise to to have it right now. So because she's already on schedule and she sleeps well through the night. Um, so she could be a little cranky at times, but other than that, she's good. She's That's good. awesome. Um, so we're going to start taking you back to your high school days and you attended the Cardinal Newman high school in West Palm beach, Florida, put up a solid 22 catches for 550 yards and 10 TDs your was senior my, year. Was that my senior year? Yes, sir. Senior year. And then you were also all-star game MVP and yeah. uh, second team all state, which yeah. was Pretty impressive. And then you go to, you attend prep school, like you said, the Fork Union Academy. Had, fi- had a cool 57 grabs for 1,254 yards and nine receiving touchdowns. Yeah, I went crazy there. You had 12 carries for 300 yards and three How many games was that? 
Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> that's <awesome. laughs> it's not a lot of games. I'm not. I'm I, not sure. It's not that many. I think it was. Yeah, it's, I think it was pretty much from almost like a one year's type of uh, season, if I'm not mistaken. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it it would be a season. It'd be a fall season. So we pretty much would be. It would be like a semester. But you mean you, it would be. But you said twelve be. carries for three hundred yards. 306 yards and three rushing touchdowns. That's over 25 yards a carry. That's <laughs> one, And one of them got called back, too. I was, really, I was real upset about that one, too. And then you also had seven kickoff return touchdowns, man. Like, what's it like just being that dominant? Just you're that much better than everybody else. Man, I was, I, it was, it, it's, I mean, I never really looked at it like that. I just always had to kind of have to play with a chip on my shoulder because every time I stepped on the field, I would always say, like, yes, I'm the fastest, but I always knew, like, I wasn't the biggest person on the field. So even though I might be 5'8", five, 5'9", five, whatever they wanted to give me back then, you know, I always made sure I played like a 6'4 person. So that's why, you know, you say, like, the jump balls and stuff, I try to play like I'm big. Like, that's my disadvantage if you try to give me a jump ball against somebody like Chris Clemens. You know, he's a natural, taller person, so he's going to have the advantage regardless. Um so I just always kind of just had like a little chip on my shoulder and then just, and I, the, I just kind of always let the game just kind of come to me. You know, whenever the game, you know, came to me and just was just flowing, just natural. I think that's probably when I was always like at my best, but you know, up there, it, it was fun though. You know, they, they had some good schemes set up. So I just kind of had to just follow and execute and just trust those guys. But man, we, we had fun in that prep school. I can't lie. I did some crazy stuff, but I still look at it. And I'd be like, I got one of the best highlights from a prep school. People have to really look at the highlights. You're like the uh, – have you seen the Tavon Austin highlights on YouTube His before? highlights are ridiculous. It's kind of like – That 700-yard that game is – Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I went and watched that my, my, myself. I was like – that was impressive. That's probably that's one of the most impressive games I've ever seen in my life. That's probably like your prep school kind of version. Like you are like you did that at the when you were in prep school. You probably – like, I did that. I had like – the one game I can say probably close to that is um, we played Valley Forge. That's where um, Larry Fitzgerald used to go. That's where he went. Okay. And I think I had like over I had over 300 yards total offense. Um, probably had close to 500, honestly. I think I took took two kickoffs back. Um, had some long catches. I, I was I just went, I went off that game. I went off that game. Yeah, I mean, like playing the Chiefs or something. <laughs> <laughs> You're already preluding what we're gonna to get to, but uh, yeah, he, uh me over there in Oakland. <laughs> killer. He um, so I mean, obviously, your prep school it's it produced 87 NFL draft picks and two Heisman Trophy winners. So I mean, it, it's a big time school, and I mean, for you to be doing what you're doing at a big time school like that, obviously, that's why you were on the map and and you went to Clemson, which is obviously one of the top schools in the nation. Um, you had a great career there. Uh, and, you know, I'm not going to go through all the numbers you had because, I mean, they're, they're ridiculous, obviously. But it was cool because you and C.J. Spiller became the greatest all-purpose duo in NCAA history. What was it like sharing the field with someone you were paired up with where basically defenses couldn't stop both of you? Man, it was amazing watching C.J. do some stuff. Like, sometimes I'd be like, oh, did you really just do that? You ran down the field with your shoe off? Did you, <laughs> did you really just like – like because with, with the C.J., he's the kind of guy you just kind of got to – you just have to get in the way of somebody just to block for him. You know, you don't have to stay on a guy engaged too long because CJ on that football field, and he's one of the fastest people I've ever seen on that football field. And just his his just his quick one two, just his burst, his initial burst, 
it was it was it was just it was unmatching you know like we run completely different like i'm more of a just a i'm a glider like i'm explosive but like cj picks him up put him down like he, he used to pick him up put him down quick and get get out of there but I, it was just you know it would just be fun to watch but um to have that title the the all-purpose duo i mean it's you know it's cool you know if that's something that you know we have i'm not sure if anybody has even broken it not sure i don't think i don't think so yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, but we didn't even know about it until we were getting ready to graduate. Um, that you know we were closing in on that. We got Tim Beret. He's the all-time Clemson guru. Pretty much knows any kind of stat you want to know. He knows, and he'll come up with a way to be like, well, in this time of Clemson, this is. You know, he just has all the little nicks and knacks of um, of like records and pretty much anything everything you could think of um he's the guy so we didn't even know about it until but i didn't even think we were even that close honestly so it's kind of dope to see just you know just hard work over time and just just and and that's with me missing i missed all of my i mean i missed pretty much most off of my season i only played like four or five games i think that and then I ankle so i was out of there pretty quick So I look at some of the Clemson wide receivers, and you, DeAndre Hopkins, Sammy Watkins, Mike Williams, Hunter Renfro, Martavis Bryant, and now T. Higgins. I mean, that's a great list of wide receivers. And uh, I believe Jeff Scott was the wide receiver coach. Was there anything that he taught you or coached you or the wide receivers on that just made them on another level? Uh, All those guys you named are all after me. So you talk about receivers that were there with me. I got to go with Aaron Kelly, uh, Tyler Grisham, Nelson Fairber, um, Terrence Ash, Xavier Dye, um, Marquand Jones. Then before that, um, we had uh, we had Aries Curry. We had we tried Justin Miller out at receiver a little bit, um, but Scott was a defensive. He's the defensive. Um, he's the defensive analyst at the time, so he was with the defensive back. So we made his job easy whenever he got there at first because he didn't know the offense at all. So me, so myself, Aaron Kelly, Tyler Grisham, Nelson Fairbrook, Xavier Dye, Terrence Ash, we all pretty much we knew the offense like the back of our hand. So we went from pretty much like yelling at him, cussing at him, not like cussing at him, but like talking crap. <laughs> um, from a, like from practice, from from a practice a day before to the next day, whenever Dabo takes the full job to be interim coach, um, he walks in the room. We're just like, "What you doing here?" He's like, "Well, I'm the new receiver coach now." We're just like, "Yeah, right." <laughs> <laughs> we were just getting on you the other day because you know he used to you know he used to fire us up, you know, talk trash to us. Um, so that's how we would we would go at it. But um, but he but he came a long way after when I got there. So I can say that I did see him develop into a very good receiver coach because he did have to learn that position. He had to learn how to coach it. He had to learn different skill guys. So he had to learn how to coach different skill guys with different skill sets. Um, Cause not every guy is going to be the exact same. Like Aaron Kelly was, a, Aaron Kelly's one of the best receivers I've ever seen um, to be playing at six. What is Aaron Kelly? Six, six, five, six, six. And Aaron can play like a guy that's five, nine. Like he plays very low, played very well behind his pads, and um, I mean, shoot, he was the before before Sammy, before Nuke, 
um, before Artavis Scott. Aaron Kelly was was the ACC all-time lead receiver. Um, I think it receptions and yards. I definitely know receptions. Um, yards, tried to quote me on that one, but I'll give, I definitely know receptions he was. So we've had a lot of great receivers come out of there. Um, but those guys are just in a whole different era because they had a completely different offense than what we had. So they just had a lot more – I feel like they had a lot more freedom and freedom range um, to with that offense to be a lot more successful than what we were. Right, and and one thing I think that's interesting people don't realize when you were in college is you were the ACC Indoor Freshman of the Year in track in the 60-meter, and you set an ACC record and a national best at 6.52 seconds, and you were, uh, in 2009, an NCAA All-American. Any thought of you, any part of you thought about if you uh, had, like, trained for the Olympics and what you could have done with uh, your track career? I didn't, even know, I didn't even know anything about indoor at all, um, honestly. And I didn't even know what the record was. I literally was just out there just running. And funny story, I actually went out the night after that. I didn't, like, drink or nothing, but they were like, you're out and about? I'm like, yeah, I just got a race tomorrow. They're like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, what's the, what's the problem? It's like, <laughs> nothing. They're like, we just want to expect you to be out. I'm like, I mean, it's just track. You know, I didn't take it. I took it, <laughs> but I didn't take it, you know, as serious as I did with football. You know, track was just fun. It was something else to do. Um, but I definitely knew that I could be great at it by the time I, I mean, when I got to my senior year and I was running, that was probably the best shape I've ever been in my life, fastest I was running in my life. Um, you know, I was, I was going, I was about to go sub 10. I had already went 10 flat, so I knew I was going to go sub 10, and I was in great shape. I ended up tearing my hamstring in my last race um, against Trenton yeah. Holiday, so I didn't get my outdoor title, which I'm still salty about, but I would have gotten it if the hamstring <laughs> wasn't pulled. But I definitely would have had a chance to go into the Olympics, but that was going into my senior year, so I would have, it, would, it was a lot of stuff that was, that was pretty much like going against me kind of to do it just because I, you know, I need to focus on football at the time. You know, if I probably would have had another year of football, then I would have just been like, okay, let me just focus strictly on track. But I was there to play not run track, though, at the end of the day. Right, and, and that led to the combine and getting drafted. And so, John, what was your question about the combine? Well, pretty much, I mean, everybody knows or knows you were fast, you know, the whole world. But was it like, oh, I have to hit this specific time that I'm aiming for on the 40? Or were you more like, oh, maybe if I get my bench up, that, that looks better, too? Because everybody knows you're fast. Yeah, <laughs> I, I need the weight heavy. That was my biggest thing, you know, because everybody was going to say, oh, he's a, he's small. He's a little guy. All right, well, let me weigh in. So I wanted to weigh in as heavy as I could. So I check out, check out, I tried to weigh in. I'm like, we wanted to be 192, I wanted to say. So I think I was at 192, and then as soon as I would weighed in, I went and I cut weight so I can get back down into 180 so I can run. Because I wasn't about to run at no 180. One, one, I mean, 192. I couldn't. I didn't train, <laughs> I didn't train at it. I wasn't about to run at it. Like track, I ran at 173. And then as soon as track was over, I had to bulk back up, get back up to 188, 185, so I can be back playing and be good. So those are like things that people don't know, like things I had to put my body through to go back and keep changing to go back from sport to sport. Uh, it was tough, but, you know, it's just some things that we had to do. That's great. People think about that with wrestling, but I never really put that together with football and track. <laughs> yeah, well, they all, well, they all always allow everybody to run track and play football, uh, especially to do, a, especially to have them switch a whole spring game up for you guys too. Um, <laughs> me and CJ had the opportunity of them doing that. We went and we played the first half of the spring game, 
And then after that, they had a golf cart waiting on us. We took the golf cart from the stadium straight to the track when it got dressed. And then I think I went and ran like a 10-11 out there like that day. Like, man. Yeah. Like, just crazy. Like, just I, I, I think about that stuff now. I'm like, I really did this stuff. So, Jacoby, <laughs> if, I, if I started out on the 20-yard line and you started out the starting line, could I beat you? You might. Man. <laughs> you, you honestly, you might. You'd be surprised how hard it is to catch them. Like, you have to be really, really fast. Now, if I have a running start and then you go, then I'll probably catch you. But honestly. Because I run like a solid 4-9. I won't catch you. Okay. I'll, I'll take you over, David. I'll take you over. <laughs> David, I'll, I'll go outside and time you tomorrow. I don't think you run a 4-9. <laughs> we, we were fighting for uh, the big bedroom when we all lived together, and we had to go to the track to see who could run the fastest 40. And I got like a 4-9 something was my yeah. fastest time. Listen, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't catch you, believe it or not. My, I'd come close, but I, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't catch you, though. Just that, you, it's you, funny. You, we actually do that at um, where I train. My trainer, he actually he put a lineman in front, like, what is it? Probably like two or three yards in front of, like, a DB. And he tells the lineman, like, just, just take off, like, whenever you go. So you have to react and try to catch the guy by, like, 15 yards. But this lineman takes off, barely running. DB can't he, He's not even close to catching him. So it's just, it's just, so when I see that, I'm like, okay. But then I know, like, I'm not reacting off his time, too. So we will both be reacting off the same thing. So, like I said, I might get you, but I don't know. I don't know if I don't think I would catch you that far. I'm going to take from this interview that if, if I get an extra 20-yard head start from Jacoby Ford, he won't catch me. That, that's what I'm... I, don't, I don't think I'll catch you. <laughs> so, so then, of course, obviously after the combine, you get drafted by the Oakland Raiders in the fourth round. Um, and you know, Al Davis loves his speed and, uh, we actually had Jason Campbell on here, uh, last week and, um, he was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, uh, so John, what was your question about the uh, whole, he, with that? He was saying Al Davis was sometimes calling down plays for, uh, for make Darius Hayward Bay go along. Was he, ever, was he ever calling down making Jason Campbell throw you the ball? <laughs> to throw me the ball? Yeah. No, 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 not not to throw me the ball. They, I mean, I was already just, I, I was getting open, so I, it was, it, it wasn't that. But the thing I would say, when I broke my hand the first day of pads, and we did. Oh man, yeah, see the scar second, right there. Mm-hmm. So my second year, the first day, um, Hugh Jackson wanted to do Oklahoma drill, so I do Oklahoma drill, and I'm blocking for McFadden actually. So I go against the safety. I boom. I go. I jack him up. You know, it's a good collision. My hands and my hand ends up slipping in his helmet real quick. Don't really notice it. Pancake him to the ground. And then I get up. I'm like, dang, my hands hurting. Go over to one on ones. I do one. Boom. I'm like, how did I hurt to catch the ball real bad? So then I try to go again, and I'm like, and I go and dude hits my hand. I'm like, nope, can't go. And then they just take my glove off, look at it, move it real quick, and they're like, yeah, you broke your hand. I'm like, all right, well. So Al Davis called my receiver coach and was like, how the heck do you let him go out there and break his hand? Like, I ought to fire you. I was like, what? He was like, yeah, like, he's threatening to fire me. So, like, Al does not play. But, like, if he loves you, he didn't play. He didn't, like, he didn't play the radio about you. Like, he wanted to make sure you were good. Every single move came from him, ultimately, at the end of the day, when he was live. Um, and just his presence alone, like, just to be able to say that I met the great Al Davis and, you know, was friends with him, was cool with him. Um, you know, he's a guy that flew myself, Lamar Houston, back from our rookie symposium 
you know, we're supposed to fly from San Diego to go home, but Al Davis wants to see us, so we got to fly from San Diego, fly back to Oakland just so he can meet us, and then the next day we fly home. So it was just, you know, whatever Al wanted, it just shows, like, whatever he wanted, you know, he got. (laughs) You know, the late Willie Brown was there um, also with us on our symposium. So we were the only team out there doing one-on-ones over here at this this nice place over there in San Diego. Everybody's just out there golfing, having fun. We're over there doing one-on-ones, working out. Uh, myself, Alonzo McClain, Lamar Houston. like Throwback Travis, names. Travis <laughs> Gaith- yep, Travis Gaithville, Jerry Baldeer, um, Spencer Ware. Uh, uh, what was my other, what was, what was his name? McFadden. He was um, DB, though. Oh, name his last name. John, you should know this. Might be Walter McFadden or something. Yeah. Hello, <laughs> Walt. Yep. Did, did you sort of have have a feeling when you ran like a four two eight? You're like, oh, the Raiders are definitely going to take at least a, a hard look at me. Traveler <laughs> told me that they were going to draft me. I was like, man, no, they're not. <laughs> but little did I know, every time I watch my combine video, my receiver coach is right there watching the whole time. Sanjay Law, and even still to this day, me and him are still good friends. That's awesome. So your rookie season, obviously, you just killed it your rookie year you had 25 catches for 470 yards two receiving touchdowns 10 carries for 155 yards and two touchdowns and you had three kickoff return touchdowns what was it like what was kind of like I mean you were clicking so much that year what was it about your first season that really just everything kind of was clicking for you I was able to I was able to watch it first you know I kind of you know I got the feel for the game at first um, because I didn't play I didn't play until pretty much that Kansas City game. So everything that I did was pretty much that second half of the season, um, I'd say, um, because Murphy went down. Um, I think they call him Butterfingers. <laughs> I think I, I, I saw someone reference him as Butterfingers and that you should have played it more than him. <laughs> Lou Murphy? Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, Luke, Luke caught the ball a lot. Luke caught it a lot. The, only, the only, only person I say that I know that they used to give a hard time was because he was such a high draft pick was Hayward Bay, mm-hmm. but little did they know, Hayward Bay busted his butt on his third year when I was out. Murphy gets traded, and it's just DHB. DHB he almost had a thousand yard receiving. He was only like a couple. He wasn't that. He wasn't that far away from it. So to see him actually be like a productive, productive receiver, like I was happy for him. You know, that was my brother. Still is my brother to this day. Um, but just that whole class that we had, um, receiver room, it was it was something else, man. I tell you that it was it was some a lot of fast guys in there. Like, um, it was a track meet. Now that was a real track track squad. <laughs> so reference that Kansas City game. Uh, I, I mean, you were just. I mean, I'm a I'm a huge Chiefs fan. Like uh, going back, you know, early 2000s. Bad for you. <laughs> Can't feel too bad, man. We're Super Bowl champs, but uh, yeah, no, I'm trained, I train with Kelsey. You know, he's out. He's down here. Is he really? Um, yep, him. Um, and I didn't mean Spencer. Ware, I meant Jeremy Ware. I realized okay. I just I said Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware is, is is for you. He's training with us though. That's why I said Spencer. But Jeremy Ware, he went to Michigan State. Um. So that Chiefs game, I actually was watching highlights of it, and Brandon Flowers was still at that point. He was still a Pro Bowl level corner. And you, he was guarding you, and, I mean, he was giving you so much space. You were like, all right, I'm going to give – I'll take an easy curl route. And then he comes up on you, and you just burn him. Like, you literally made him look helpless. 
And again, this is a Chiefs fan saying that we got our Pro Bowl corner guarding you. So what was it? I mean, again, it, I think it's interesting that the Raiders, I feel like, didn't give you a chance to to flex your talent more past your rookie year. And I know you had some injuries, but do you feel that you kind of didn't get a, a chance to fully showcase your talents after your rookie year with the speed and the route running that you had? I mean, I definitely think it was – it definitely it definitely did – it didn't help that we had so many changes out there. Um, mm-hmm. When I got there, it was in shambles. When I got there, we had Jamarcus Russell, and he was on the outs. Um, mm-hmm. So I got to be there with him for a mini camp. And then, the, you know, the talk was, oh, we're going to release him. And then eventually, right after mini camp, they did release him and stuff. So then we got Jason Campbell. So then Jason Campbell's our guy. And, you know, we, we were good the first year. You know, between him and Bruce Krakowski, you know, they kind of go at it back and forth. You know, we had Charlie Fry in there as well. Um, but then after that, Jason gets hurt the next year. Then we have where I start: Matt Liner, Cole Brennan, Matt Flynn, Terrell Pryor, uh, Carson Palmer. Right? We had, I didn't get to Carson yet. We had Carson Palmer was the big mistake. Carson came, it was over. <laughs> came, it was like okay we're not getting like another like i said a small qb where we're not getting somebody that's going to come in and then be gone like no carson literally came sh- straight from home and he was and he was there and he came there and like it was it was on like it was like yo we really about to play with carson right now like we were like oh, really and like yeah we are and then you know so it's like i had all i had all i had at least 10 quarterbacks so it's like how can you be successful there three different uh three head coaches then we had another owner, which was completely different for that whole organization because they never they never knew anything else. So to have a owner slash GM now that was Reggie McKenzie at the time, you know, that's something that was completely different for the whole organization. So everything just we just all everybody went through change there. You know, now they have the structure they have. Um, they have it now to where, you know, you go to you go to the Raiders now. It's structured there. Like, I don't feel like we had structure in that organization there. It was just all in shambles trying to find our way and especially when now Davis passed you know that was definitely something that uh, that didn't help but, you know, was banged up just a little bit but you know it was it was just a couple and it was it was more so that foot you know when that that foot hurt me you know a lot because I had to Liz Frank so um, but I thought it was a midfoot sprain at first you know so it was it was kind of a misdiagnosis not kind of it was a misdiagnosis at first so if I would have known that at first, when I first happened in my second year, I would have got the surgery right then and there. And then who knows how the rest of it would have went. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, it's just part of the game. It's kind of how it happens. You know, I'm still thankful for all the opportunities Oakland gave me. You know, still love the nation with all my heart. Um, but, you know, I definitely know it was more in the tank there, uh, especially more to be given on the field. John, you said you referenced you thought that team was a 12-4 and four team if everybody stayed healthy, right? I mean, when Jason Campbell started healthy, uh, it was definitely definitely going to win the division. But, you know, then everything sort of went south. And I feel like there are a lot of good receivers on, on those, te- those teams that were sort of, uh, you know, there's a lot lost between changing the quarterbacks and, and coaches all the time. I agree. Definitely is. It doesn't, it doesn't help. But, you know, I, my, whole, my career has been like that. Even in high school, two quarterbacks. Then in college, had a senior quarterback. Then he left. Then I had a then I had Cullen Harper for pretty much a year and a half because I got hurt my second year when I broke dude broke my um my fibula. He lent, he rolled me up, horse collared me from the side. And then um so he was there my sophomore junior year. 
So then here I am coming back from my senior year. I got a true freshman as a quarterback. So like you kind of like you see how it just kind of like just goes like and then mm-hmm. had Tommy Bowden as my my head coach. Then my second year, boom, he's gone by mid mid season by that. So you know I've always I, it's always been changed. It's ne- it's never been okay. I got one head coach, boom. I got this quarterback for let me get a quarterback for at least three years, you know, so I can grow with them everything. So no, so like that's when like you know these guys they have a, you know a whole different advantage with them being able to grow with the quarterback, grow with their, all their coaches, and they're not experiencing change. So, you know, that's something that it does affect players. Um, like, I, I did, definitely does affect players because then, like, especially in the NFL, if you got guys that come in, you know, they don't know you kind of have to start from scratch, prove yourself like all over again. And if they want their own, and if they want their own guys in there, you know, they're going to make sure they get their guys in there at the end so- of the day. So, Jacoby, David had referenced this. In 2010, you had three kickoff return touchdowns for a season. Eleven other players have done that, and only two have four. But you you put yourself in pretty rare and elite category. Um, did teams not offer to bring you in as a specialist? And I'm thinking about people like Josh Cribbs and Devin Hester. I mean, between the NFL and just your entire career, it seems like you're one of the elite of the elite in that category. I... um. Let's see. No, they didn't want to break in just like as a specialist because I I didn't I didn't want to be just like a specialist kind of guy. You know, I always mm-hmm. felt like I offered receiver. Like I actually took pride in like I wasn't just like a a fast guy that can't run routes or you know can't separate from people or can't catch it all. Um, you know, there will be drops here and there, but that's part of the game. Um, you know, you just got to focus on 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 the little things of just catching the ball. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I didn't, I didn't get like you know, people weren't just like, oh, we'll just bring them in, um, just for return kicks, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, would love to if they did, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't take it for granted if they did it or not, but you know, I didn't get that offer to where they were. Stop! I didn't get that offer to where they would just, um, just bring me in for that. Um, you know, they wanted to bring me in to be receiver plus that, so. You know, I kind of always had to compete for, for both ways. And every and it just seems like every room I went into was a deep room. Like, I, I signed with the Jets. That's a deep room. They had Jeremy Curley. They signed Eric Decker. Um, they had Greg Silas. Um, they had David Nelson, who was a technician. Um, I remember him. And then we had a guy named Salim Hakeem. Salim was one of the fastest dudes I've ever seen in my life. Like, just straight blazer. They loved him on special teams, you know, so... It just all depends. You know, it, it, it's, it really depends on fits, you know, and I definitely did mind that. Like, wherever you fit, that's where it works. Like, you look at Hayward Bay. Hayward Bay went right to, went right to the Steelers, found him a home. This is a dude that was a first-round pick, top 10 pick, and he ends up being with the Steelers and scratching and doing special teams. He's doing everything he can to make a team. Like first rounders don't do that. That takes a lot of pride to be able to, you know, take that pride and be like, okay, I'm gonna do everything I can to make the team. And they loved him up there. Everybody, everybody who talked to him, the Roonies, they loved him up there. So, you know, it didn't surprise me. I remember work ethic. I just knew I, he just he just didn't play special. He never had to play special, but when he had to, he killed it. And I wasn't surprised. At that. We're talking to Jacoby Ford, the wide receiver extraordinaire. From the Oakland Raiders uh, back in the early 2010s. So one question I want to get to before we get to our rapid fire at the end here. I think this is just kind of just my personal feelings. 
I feel like if you take your talents and you put them in today's NFL and in, in the in the 2020s, like going on forward, speed is so much is valued so much in today's NFL. I I look at again being a Chiefs fan. I look how the Chiefs used Tyreek Hill, and you were used a lot like that, especially I remember in college and watching your highlights too. It's just like end arounds, and you're going deep, and you're carrying the ball. I just feel like NFL, like with the offenses that are kind of now taking shape in the NFL, I feel like you would really excel. Do you feel the same that if if you were playing in today's NFL, your stats would be like a, a, even better than they were when you were playing? Uh, I definitely would be. It definitely would have been different. Um, you know, because I'm a guy, you know, just get the ball in my hands quick and just let me, you know, just get the ball in my hands in space and just let me go. Uh, but Harry Bay always tells me, man, he hits me up all the time. He's like, man, people don't realize you were doing what Tyreek Hill was doing mm-hmm. back then. Like, you were doing that then, what he's doing now. He's like, people don't even realize that. He's like, but I do. So I say, I appreciate that. <laughs> but it would have been fun to be, be in this league now and to be playing, you know, the way that it is now. Um, you know, I still love when I still see guys that were drafted with me still kicking, still going and still competing at a high level. Um, so, I mean, it, it definitely would have been great. I mean, I love watching Tyreek Hill play. Like, literally, I'd be like, I'd be like hey, that's, that's me right there. <laughs> I just look, I'm like, I just, I literally, I see me just out there just literally making plays. Like, little guy out there running around using his speed, but they keep him on the move. They do everything great to his strengths. And I mm-hmm. think that's something Steve Jackson did great with me when he did, when he was the offensive coordinator and Tom Cable was the head coach. I think that was the best combination we had. They might not have got along the best all the time, but when it got to game time, everybody was on the same page. She was on the same page. Tom Cable was on the same page. We were all on the same page. Like it was, it was fun. Yeah, I mean, you you're describing it perfectly. Like you, as fast as Tyreek Hill. And you were jumping the vert that you had on all those catches we were referencing even before the interview started. The jump ball you had with Chris Clemens. The jump ball where you took it from Brandon Flowers. Those are the type of plays that uh, Tyreek Hill makes. So you're literally, we're just, I think people don't realize how similar your guys' games were. And that if you were playing now that you could be doing those exact same things. Yeah. People don't. But they actually go look at highlights and stuff. You definitely see the similarities. You know, just the explosion, uh, the reverses, just the quick passes, you know, the long ball. Um, be able to open the offense up. But his offense is a lot more open than mine was, so I got to give him that, though. And he's got a heck of a quarterback throwing him that rock. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. If you're listening to this, stop what you're doing and watch Jacoby Ford highlights right now. <laughs> that dude, yeah, good, good plug, Eric. Yeah, Pat Mahomes is ridiculous. Um, all right, Jacoby, we're going to get you out of here on this when we have guests on. We do a little bit of 10-question rapid fire. Some questions are normal, and some you may be asked for the first time. All right, just try not to overthink them. Just the first one that comes to your mind. Cool. All right. Would you rather burn a corner for a touchdown or juke someone in the open field? Burn a corner for a touchdown. All right. Would you rather have pink lemonade or regular lemonade? (laughs) It all depends. Y'all got to put sugar in it, so... (laughs) <laughs> regular lemonade because I like to add a little sugar oh, man I thought you'd be a pink lemonade guy we were we were getting along so well and then <laughs> I got regular lemonade in the fridge and I can't I got a regular lemonade in there with some sugar in it to make it nice and sweet got you got you uh, pineapple on pizza yes or no no oh. <laughs> good answer uh, I know you're married but who's hotter Wonder Woman or Catwoman 
Catwoman. Wait, who's playing Catwoman? Yeah, Halle Berry or Anne Hathaway. Halle Berry, or... Halle Berry. <laughs> and she got the all black, all black too. Halle Berry all day. <laughs> all right, would you rather be able to rewind your life or pause your life? Rewind it. Rewind it. Let me rewind it. Some things we could do better. All right, all right. Never need glasses or never have back pain. Like I need glasses or I don't need them. Like at any point in your life, you'll never need glasses or you'll never have back pain. I need to always see. I'll never need glasses. Back pain, oh, so- I, can I can. Back pain, I can handle. All right, all right. Uh. Be strong, but look frail, or look strong and be frail? Let me look strong and be frail. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's what I I say, too. Um, That's what your workouts pretty much are, David. (laughs) I'm intimidating looking, but I'm I'm far from intimidating. Um, All right. Assuming that you will admit the same amount volume of gas. (laughs) Fart. Basically, all your farts accumulate for December 31st, and you have to fart that one day a year, or you fart every day exactly at noon. We're farting every day at noon. (laughs) (laughs) Got to let it go. Fight 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? Say that one more time. Fight 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? I'm going to get the one horse-sized duck. You think you could take them? Take the one horse size duck. Wear it out. <laughs> just got to wear him out first. You got like a mean right hook that you just knock him out with? I got Chico, so we good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last one. Smell like a fish whenever you come out of the water or smell like shit when you step out of the bathroom? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather smell like a fish, though. <laughs> I can't smell like shit. <laughs> hey, Jacoby, man, we really appreciate you coming on our show, man. This is awesome to talk with you. Nah, man, it's no problem at all. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, hey, man. If hope, I... hope it went well. Hope it went well. No, of course. And for people that are listening, if you want to show uh, Jacoby some love, he's at Jacoby Ford 12 on Twitter and the real Jacoby Ford on IG. Thanks again, Jacoby. We really appreciate your time. Nah, man, it's no problem. Y'all boys have a good one. Appreciate you having me. Look forward to seeing you maybe in Vegas sometime, buddy. <laughs>